Welcome to the Foxy Podcast, bi-monthly show brought to you by Freeform Freakout. The show is produced at KMSU Studios in Mankato, Minnesota. And here in the Foxy Podcast, we try to dig deeper into underground and experimental sounds of the past and present. And welcome to episode number 87 of the Foxy Podcast show. Hope you're doing well out there, wherever you're listening from. Behind me right now, you're hearing a track called Robin Frog Yuck Yo from Community, the brand new album from Graham Lampkin, an artist who, if you've listened to this show over the years, you know that we have a great deal of respect and admiration for. And after several years of collaborating with other artists such as Jason Lescalite, Keith Rowe, and Michael Pizarro, Community marks Graham's first widely available solo release in five years. And it's a remarkable album, arguably one of his best to date, and one that ties together all of his sound work from the Shadow Ring on up through his various collaborations. In the first hour of this installment, we're talking with Graham about the making of Community and playing a few more tracks from the album, and we'll also take some time to discuss and play a few selections from the latest releases that just came out on his Kai imprint too. And then in the second hour of the show, we'll jump into a bunch of new music that has arrived here in the past month or so. But for now, we'll let this track play out before we head into our discussion with Graham Lampkin.
While you've been busy with other collaborative works in recent years, Community is your first widely available solo release since Amateur Doubles from, goodness, uh, five years ago or so. Uh, yeah. So whereas that album was fairly, I guess, insular in its approach with you know how you went about recording it, uh, recordings being sourced from music that was playing in your car that you later edited. Um, but with this new release... I guess in terms of its its name, uh, lyrical content, some of the collaborative spirit, uh, et cetera, et cetera, it seems like you're branching out or reaching out uh, towards something, I guess, more outwardly focused. Um, when you began to work on this new release, was that something that you were really kind of looking to achieve? Uh, it coincided with uh, a bout of live shows earlier this year, sort of. January through to June, which was the uh, time I put the record together, and I think the experience of uh, becoming a more seasoned live artist, which is you know something I hadn't done for ten years, play live, um, influenced my thinking about how the music I make can be uh, recreated on on stage rather than just listened to as a recorded document. So the two kind of work together um, to give the sort of free the record up and have it be more a record of real people playing instruments, uh, including myself, as well as the guests on the LP, and less a record of uh, manipulated samples of music that had already been made. Mm -hmm. So a more traditional kind of record, maybe. Yeah, and, and you can hear some of the... Uh, the other things that you've done in, in recent years, you know, some maybe like the the tabletop improv style that you did with Keith Rowe to the things that you've done with Jason Lescalit. I mean, that definitely seems to carry through into this new release. Yeah, that was another sort of reason for giving it the title Community. Is that kind of as I was working on the record, it struck me that it was a kind of almost like a an overview of all the different. Uh, applications I've used to make music from like Shadow Ring on up a little uh, and then I sort of started to consciously set myself a challenge of how could, what could you extract from that particular record with style or an approach and use it on your new one um, so yeah all those experiences working with other artists mm -hmm. had, uh, had, a, had a say in the way the thing ended up yeah, I guess to to build on that with with that last album that you did with Jason Luskley called Photographs, you guys were exploring these notions of like place and and personal heritage or history through the various recordings that you had gathered and and edited together. 
but uh, maybe I'm getting a little bit too fixated on just the idea of t- community here, but does does your new album take this approach a step further by exploring connections to a community, uh, whether it's a real or uh, imaginary one at that? Um, not like the experience of, um, you know, the, the use of the word community shouldn't be taken quite as literally as that, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's certainly a record that kind of examines my place within a community rather than my observations of a community, if you see what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But it's funny that we had new neighbors move in, two sets of new neighbors while I was working on this. And it did sort of reorganize the lay of the land here. Um, downstairs neighbors and next door upstairs neighbors. And, uh, you know, they had a, they had uh, an impact on the way I live because we'd suddenly hear different sounds and meet these different people. Uh, and the fellow downstairs, Jose, he retired policeman from New York and uh, now he's now he's downstairs and he wrote the sleeve notes for the record oh really yeah well the press release oh okay okay yeah yeah press release yeah. he doesn't he doesn't uh, know exactly what it sounds like <laughs> that's what I was just gonna ask you I mean was he was just he familiar was he familiar no, with he, doesn't, he hasn't got no idea what I do no okay so did you did you just simply say, I'd like you to write about, and you just described it to him, and he went from yeah, there? like a community sound, you know, describe a, you know, what would be the music of you know a sort of typical music in a multicultural community. Okay, I like gave him a very vague parameter, and uh, he came back with this little three or four line thing, which I thought was quite nice, so I reused it. <laughs> Well, I was going to ask you about, uh, I really do like kind of the return of some of the textual elements of this new release, something that hasn't necessarily been a part of some of your last uh, solo outings per se, but I was just wondering if some of those uh, poems or, or writings that are featured on the new album, if that was something that laid the groundwork for some of the sounds that surrounded them or was were, were the sounds or was it vice versa the, the the sound themselves came first and the text was integrated within those pieces i remember being in a back of a car in miami about three or four years ago and uh thinking to myself i'd love to make another record with songs on you know mm-hmm but the opportunity never really came up in any of the projects I have lined up then or, um, you know, the collaborations with the different people. But this was the first chance that I had to put that put that right. So um, I had these, there's like two songs on the record, The Community and The Saver. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there's sort of spoken word on, uh, a couple of the other pieces. Well, you heard it, right? The last track is like a radio play with like characters and scenes that change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of had those those things in, in mind to use on a record. Though I didn't in those particular cases anyway. Um, just hanging on to them just for the right time. And uh, the first one was Community, and I liked it so much. I couldn't really understand it, what it was about it, but this sort of 
collision of the different sounds, Takahiro's kind of fidgety little sounds in the background and the sine wave and the deadpan uh, singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I could keep going back to it and thinking, oh, you know, this is it. This is the sort of song I, I, you know, capable of making. Um, and then the rest of the record just grew around those two. Yeah, yeah. Jason Leskley, who mastered the vinyl, described it quite nicely as a pastoral concrete, which I thought was quite mm-hmm. quite nice. So I guess you could call it that. Well, yeah, I mean, you are a harmonica blower now, so it has yeah, to Yeah, right, I'm be... playing real instruments. Right, Everyone you're... on the record is a real person that lives and plays an instrument rather than right. a sample. Yeah. Other than that little piece of like Asian music in that midsection, everyone else is real. Mm-hmm. And that's never happened before. Right. You're you're like a folk singer now. <laughs> yeah, folk singer, exactly. Yes, yes, you should come and see me live. You doing any open mic nights anytime soon? Or? <laughs> yeah, I really, actually, I really am, yeah. There you go, yeah. yeah. Hitting the upstate New York open mic scene, huh? Yeah, there's a great coffee house on the corner. I'm gonna... That would be, there you go, you can, uh, you can have an album release party for your open mic night or something, huh? Community. <laughs> That'll be there, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Well, the prince was lost in sea. Those young opportunities would still present themselves from time to time. They do. Although hope started fading that we'd ever see him again. As they do. Raisins.
its community. You know, there is a part on uh, the, the track, The Saver, when the, oh, yeah. lyric, when the lyrics say, I believe it is, I don't mean, this is going to come off just being goofy here, but yeah, you say, I guess, oh, you guess stay. Oh, you guess stay. You guess stay, stay. You guess stay. Now, yeah. For the first three or four listens of that, of that track, I, w- I, I felt like it was like there was a voice almost mocking me because I thought it was, was yes, Dave. Yes, Dave. <laughs> but yeah. when I actually well, pulled out the lyrics, I realized that was not indeed the lyrics. Well, it, you bring up an excellent point because half of that track on um, "For Your Boy" was part of "For Your Boy King." Um, when I was transcribing the lyrics, as I um, recited them the night before onto the tape. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't work out what a lot of the lines were, so I had to kind of try and take this this kind of confused phonetic sound, and, and well, that must be the word so and so. So a lot of the lyrics on that record are just me. Well, it sounds like I'm saying you guessed stay, <laughs> but of course it might not be that at all. So, um, but that pa- that particular passage of that track is that's exactly how that lyric was made. All right. So maybe and there's yeah. another one on you'll hear you'll see it on the uh, for your boy king. It's uh, this I suppose might have once been seen as good. More often than I not, I want it rendered. Oh yeah, welcome yeah. them again, perform, and in a manner sufficient to to many deviate them. I just couldn't work it out, so it became a new word. Yeah, I was wondering what that was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great, though, isn't it? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so maybe my mishearing it is maybe it might not be entirely off. No, you're probably more on than you realize. <laughs> yeah, I felt like this almost as though this <laughs> mocking, mocking, sneering voice. No, no, my... no, no. That's another element of the title. It, it just brings everyone in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great sales pitch. Right? Yes. <laughs> well, um,. You know, you had, you talked about this idea of performing more, and in, in the past couple of years, that has been something that you've been doing more frequently, uh, both here in the States yeah. and overseas, and apparently down at the local coffee house. But um, is is performing live something that, I mean, as the more you're doing it, you feel more receptive to doing it? Uh, as a solo artist, is it more the collaborative aspect of it that you appreciate? I like both. I love it now. I don't know why I spent so many years refusing to do it because I love it now. It's a whole different angle on things. And as I say, it's a huge influence on this record. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, I always try and do a different show each time. I don't have... The first three or four shows I did, I did a sort of organized, somewhat rehearsed show where I well, I got my confidence up a little bit. Then it's, I started to just, you know, put, make a show based on elements pertinent to that evening whether it's the space it's in or the you know objects i bring it lots of different things influence that but um i really enjoy them i don't expect much from them i'm happy if they go wrong or people don't like it or <laughs> you know or like it. it's also obviously great um 
it's just a fun experience. I'm working with different people. It's been good, all sorts. Yeah. Right, right. Um, you know, for the CD version of the new album that uh, Erstwhile is putting out, there is a second disc worth of material that is culled from various live shows that you've done uh, in recent years. Could you tell us how you know this material was assembled uh, for this edition? You know, I guess compared to the album proper, and, and are there some overlapping elements uh, that you took that you took from the album community itself? Oh, so in, to play those in reverse order, there's there's tons of crossover between disc one and disc two, if you like, um, because it was all recorded. As I said, in the first six months of the year, um, a little bit later than that, in the second disc, um, half of the stuff is me at home demoing ideas for live shows or sequences of things happening um, to see how it would sound, and I'd listen back to it. But everything's recorded, so there are element, there are sort of little sections on that second disc where it is recordings of me live. There's some stuff from Stuttgart, for example, in the middle. Um, but, a, but quite a lot of it is uh, recordings I made in preparation for live shows um, that borrow from ideas and sounds that also appear on the community LP proper. Thank you. 
I know you have some stuff coming up soon, live events. You said you were heading off to Europe, correct, here in just a, in a week or so? Oh, yeah, so I'm going to Switzerland on uh, Thursday morning, yeah. Okay. Um, for the Luft Festival. Yeah, so for, for those upcoming shows that you're doing, I mean, being that the new album is so fresh, it, it just came out, is this a time where perhaps you will try to bring some of the, the, the elements of the new album into a, a live setting, if you will? Yeah, there probably will be that, but I also won't be doing anything from the record. Okay. Uh, which, because I have been doing that, say, for the last few shows, um, and I don't want to just sort of get really tired, sick and tired of the record by having it keep cropping up every time I do a live thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing in Switzerland will be very different and a lot of fun because I feel like I've been getting this record out to the world for such a long time and it's finally arrived and it was fine and they were all gone and, you know, I feel a sense of relief. So, you know, the thing is, Switzerland will probably end up being 
are quite lighthearted. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you're going to be uh, carrying your dice with you, your dice and Yes, I always bring dice. Yeah, how did you know about the dice? <laughs> you told me that in some of our yeah, have, previous correspondence. Yeah, dice and harmonica. Yep. Wonderful. <laughs> well, and that's uh, just close mic'd dice that you play? Or is it contact mic on the surface or what? No, I don't have any contact mics anymore. No? Okay. No, no, no. I've got... Uh, I've, I just I've put the mic on it, on the table. Okay. I like it better that way, sort of rough and ready. I don't like... Oh. I realized as I was doing these live shows what worked best for me. You know, I started off fairly anonymous and this, you know, as this sort of experiences have peeled away, they sort of see myself what I like to do live and what I can I feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Are you performing with anyone for those shows in Switzerland? No, my set is a solo set. Yeah. It is a solo. Okay, all right. There's about there's lots of other people. I think I'm on just before Guitar Wolf. Oh, that's fitting. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so you're gonna have you're gonna bring the guitar along then? Uh, amp uh, uh, yeah, yes, I'll, I'll get everyone nice and settled, and, uh, and then he can come on and and amuse us with whatever he gets up to in 2016. <laughs> right. Well, I, I wanted to also ask you about uh, some of your recent uh, activity with, with Kai Records, because just before getting uh, Community, your album, out into the world here this past week, you also put out a couple things on Kai just a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a release yes, from... Right. Yeah, release from Mark Vernon out of Glasgow mm. and uh, Glorious Navalis from uh, Chile. Mm. And, and I thought mm. maybe it'd be worth just taking a moment to, to talk about both of these releases because they're both, I mean, I think fairly unique within the catalog. Uh, maybe especially like the Glorious Navalis one, which really taps into this almost, you know, late night uh, trance inducing jam band kind of feel like the Velvet's mm. rehearsal things or something like that. Uh, mm, tell, tell, mm. us, tell us a little bit about... Uh, Isn't that a great record? It really is, yeah. Yeah, people are skeptical of it, I think, from the sound clip, thinking it's going to be what you have it as. But uh, it's fantastic. Everyone who's heard it, it's like, wow, you know, this is, you know there's, there's people who are interested in this group now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, well, they, you know, I say I don't normally... I don't normally respond to demos too much. I don't normally get sent very interesting things in demos, but uh, they, uh, Thomas from the group, he, he just sent me a Facebook message one day, and this was a link that said, our music. And there was no fawning, no, oh, you know, we love the shadowing, all this rubbish. It just said, <laughs> our music. Uh, and, you know, I thought sort of that was refreshingly aloof. Mm-hmm. So I looked, um, I, I, a couple of days went by, and then I, remembered it and opened it and uh yeah i mean there's just the simplicity of it it's beautifully played um it also has a, a kind of a strange edge to it i think i like the, the raw recording quality where the first like five minutes you know they're they're lost in a scrum of people in a nightclub or something yeah. and then as the music starts to kind of come together the audience noise recedes and you know they 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 go from there, but uh, yeah, and they were really happy. I thought how great that they would send me something like this that seems so unvarnished and 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 rough. Mm-hmm. You'd think that someone would try and you know make themselves a bit more sellable, perhaps. But uh, so I wrote back, and you know, again, it was very 
minimal exchange. They didn't really want to you know, chat or anything. They just wanted to know if I was interested in the record. I loved it. So I thought, well, why not? And right. it's not so different from some early things. You know, there have been other records on the label by guitarists. You know, Michael Morley and Dan Melby has done albums. Right, that's true, yeah. There's guitar music on the record, on the label. But uh, I think this is just just beautiful. Yeah, and nice captured in the raw, as you mentioned. I mean, these were recorded live. Well, apparently it's like they've only been together. Like, at, when those things were recorded, it was only their... Um, second or third show and they'd only been together for five months oh okay yeah so you're really catching something just sort of happening in its in its infancy really yeah in its infancy they had a cassette out before um the release of this record but that's all really interesting little scene down there though in in santiago they sent me all these tapes of other groups that you know vaguely sort of experimental to quite experimental Mm -hmm. um and it wasn't all great, of course, but there were some there were some in there that were really really fun.
the new one from Mark Vernon too is also really interesting because this is built around a bunch of like uh, found uh, recordings and stuff, you know, from like uh, flea markets and stuff ar- around the UK that he took and, and pieced together. Uh, that was sort of the general approach, right? I think the, the, the flea markets were in Lisbon. Elizabeth, yeah, that's right, correct. Lisbon, yeah. Um, yeah, he built the whole thing from uh, found sounds, essentially, and then field recordings he'd made in the places where he found the, found, where he found the cassettes. Mm-hmm. So it's a very localized, it's a very localized record. Right, right. And this is the what appears to be like the first in a series of things that he plans on doing because this is like volume one. There's one that precedes this of um, I forget what it's called exactly, but it's recordings of hospital machinery. Oh, interesting. Yeah, let me go and have a look. So I can go. But it's uh, I think that's volume one. I think what what I have is volume two. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It's just. It's here. It's the sounds of the modern hospital. Um, so this would be volume two, yeah. Okay.
He who gives cherished peace will be below it. Romeo's sandwich scrumpled. And he who gives himself to peace will he himself know it. Personalities that may not show themselves on the first or on the second meeting will eventually bloom, perhaps in the back of a taxi cab passing through town. Perhaps on a aeroplane, 10,000 miles over the ocean.
perhaps personality will reveal itself. animals. Perhaps it will find itself in a swimming pool. The relay race. Fifteen laps. Under two minutes. Breaststroke. Butterfly. It wouldn't be butterfly. Breaststroke. Underarm. No, what's that one? Not underarm. What's that one where they bring one side out? Oh, is that overarm? Is it? Is that overarm?
teacher relations. going to wrap up the first part of the show and I want to thank Graham for uh, taking the time to uh, chat with me. As a reminder, the new record community is now out. You can find it all all the uh, fine mail order sites or record stores and uh, for the CD version you can go over to Erstwhile and get that directly from them. If you're curious about the tracks that we played, you can head over to freeformfreakout.com and take a look at the tracks that were played from the new record and the other Kai-related releases. But we're at the part of the show now where we're going to switch gears and head into a bunch of the new stuff that's just arrived. Starting with this one from uh, Roy Montgomery, a New Zealand great here, and there's going to be sort of a New Zealand connection in, in, a New Zealand connection, uh, in the trio of songs to start off things here. But it's been a long time since we've heard from Roy Montgomery. In fact, it's been over a decade since he's released any uh, new work. And here he comes out with a four-album release out on Grapefruit Records, and it's a great one. All of the uh, albums have a very distinct uh, quality to them, and the one that I'm going to play actually is from the first album, and uh, this is where he's actually singing. Uh, none of the other ones he is, but uh, this one's great. The album for this particular release is called Tropic of Anodyne, and uh, I'm going to play a track called Dear Future Loser to get us started here. Once again, this is Roy Montgomery. Thank you. 
me right now, you're hearing the latest works from Howard Stelzer from a tape called Dawn Songs. It just came out on No Rent Records just a little while back. So here's an excerpt from the B side of that release. Stelzer's been at it for many years. Uh, used to run the great intrasensitive label. And this one here, uh, capturing a bunch of sounds to tape and uh, apparently playing them back uh, within abandoned factory buildings and parking lots early in the morning uh, to capture these really washed out uh, and re-recording and capturing these washed out sounds that you're hearing right now. Really cool tape. Copies are still available of that one. In front of that, we heard brand new stuff from Cody Yantis. It's been a couple years since we've heard anything from Cody. And this comes from the first release out on his own Reno Park Press imprint that he's now running with his wife, Tiffany. And it's a, a great start. Uh, collect some uh, different pieces that he recorded using different combinations of instrumentation. That was really, as he writes in the uh, write-up for this here, was never really intended for like uh, a, a cohesive project, but uh, just kind of came out of different things that he was working on over the last few years. But the piece that I played, this called, it was called Piece for Ensemble, I think is really, really strong. A lot of little details and nuance within that one. One of my favorites from this new tape. And uh, limited edition copies. But uh, check that out. You can follow the links from our website to uh, track down copies of the new one from Cody Antis called Cadence Annals. Went back several years to the mid-70s in front of the Antis piece. The track from Kronos, which comes from this collection called Cologne Curiosities, the Unknown Krautrock Underground, 1972 to 1976. That was just issued on Mental Experience, which is a sub-label of that uh, Gearsan label. But this here is some unpublished or unreleased material uh, that came out, well I shouldn't say came out, was a part of a series of collections that came out in the mid-90s, but this stuff never made it to these collections that were called Unknown Deutschland. But this was stuff that was originally attended for the label called Pyramid Records back in the day and never made the cut. And uh, there's some really great tracks on here. The opening cut from The Astral Army is a great one, but uh, this track called Schneider or Schnauder Nacht from Kronos is also top-notch. Some other more um, cosmiche kind of uh, ambient sounds and mixed in with more uh, psych rock things that you heard with that one that's available both as an LP and CD release right now. And I love the little header, they call it the Nuggets of Kraut Rock, of course, these obscurities from uh, an area of music that's been mined pretty deep at this point. And then, ending the trio of New Zealand-related stuff, we heard from Noel Meek from a new tape that came out on Bunkland. Meek is the guy that runs the label called End of the Alphabet, uh, who put out a bunch of tapes, but they've also a really great lathe cut series, uh, split series that they do with, that's featured, my goodness, some really, really heavy hitters like Alistair Galbraith, uh, Bruce Russell, 
Uh, I believe Kiji Haino was even on one of them. But uh, great le- uh, label to check out. Of course, getting those to our shores can be a little bit tricky, but uh, really like the grimy, playful quality of this new one called Lothian Tapes that he did. Features some really striking artwork from Karen Constance. And this is in a, also in a limited edition of 50 copies, but uh, track that one down, again, from Bunkland. In front of that, speaking of lathes, we played something from a new lathe out on Stabies Etc., which is uh, Stephen Neville, a.k.a. Pumice, his label that he's ran for years. It comes from Oxen Ox, and this is actually a solo project of a guy named Ben Holmes, who... When we had Pumice on last year, or I shouldn't say last year, I guess several months back, uh, he had played this track. It was unreleased at the time, and he had mentioned that he was hoping to put this out as a a lathe, and here indeed it is. And it is just great, just beat up pop songs played with, I don't know what on earth he's playing. It just sounds like uh, circuit-bent oddities, keyboards. I have no idea what's going on, but I love this uh, release. It's an 8-inch lathe. And uh, if you can't track down physical copies, uh, you can head over to the Stabbies Etc. Bandcamp, which is just filled with all sorts of stuff. Uh, you can listen to it there or download it from them. The track that we played was called Ballad of the Lost Days from this 8-inch Dreamboat Screams of the River of Blood. And then going back to the top again, we heard from Roy Montgomery from that massive new release of his 4LP set. Uh, called Roy Montgomery's Headquarters. We heard Dear Future Loser, and I'll probably be breaking out more from that release in the uh, weeks and months ahead just because there's so much to comb through. I'm going to move into some new stuff from a band from our area, from Minneapolis, kind of a no-wave indebted group that have put out, oh, they've had a tape out at at least, and um, actually a CD on the same label, they had put out from uh, FPE Records out of Chicago. This is a new 7-inch that they did. Really uh, well done 7-inch called Per Light that has extensive little liner notes. There's even a crossword puzzle in there for those of you who need something to do while you're listening. But uh, I'm going to play a short little track from this one. It is called Scarlet. Again from Miami Dolphins.
out. Here's your pamphlet. Now who will be taking you home?
behind me, you're hearing a little excerpt here from a brand new album from Antlerd, solo project of a guy by the name of Colin Blanton. We featured some of his stuff on the show in the past. He had some tapes out on Borrow, Sacred Phrases, Watery Starve, amongst others. Always really great, you know, washed out, ambient, and in this case, a little more beat-driven than some of the previous things I've heard from him. This comes out on a fairly new label called White Sepulchre. I believe they're out of Cincinnati. They've got a couple of releases under their belt. This one, an edition of 100 copies. Cool, blurry, late night. Driving into the highway, into the abyss feel to this one. But uh, check this one out. It's a good one. It's more beat-heavy stuff in front of that from Everest Magma. New project from the guy that was behind Rella, the woodcutter, Italian artist. This is new stuff out on Boring Machines called Gnosis. We heard the closing track from that album. And then some new stuff from German Army, one of their string of tapes that came out late summer. This one came out on Wounded Knife. Really, really solid tape, actually. One of the stronger releases I've heard from them in, I guess, the last five or six months, though. My opinion would change two months down the line. Always releasing really uh, just intriguing things worth checking out. And they actually have a new LP coming out very, very soon, so curious to hear that. It seems like they always up their game for their LP releases. that I played was called Notes of Basque out on the Diego Garcia cassette. And then we heard another new thing here from the Harry Spider Legs label. This is Knives of Spain, another solo project from a North Carolina-based artist named Gwen Young. Interesting approach. Uh, some of her stuff is more uh, organic or classical sounding, but then you get into this thing like I play the track called Jealous Cannibal, more murky electronic sounds on that piece brand new tape that just came out and then the Miami Dolphins started off with a track called Scarlet I'm going to head into the last track for the show if you have any questions for me you can always get in touch at fffreakout at hotmail.com or if you'd like to go back and check out the playlist and link up to all of the releases that we played you can head over to our website at freeformfreakout.com I'm going to end things here on a blast with a group duo out of the UK called Keller, who I know we've played some stuff from before. Duo of Andy Pine and Dan Cross. New release called Sacred Cyclical Pilgrimage. I'm going to play the track Scorch Schemes to take us out. But as always, thanks so much for listening. Here again is Keller. Keller.